I could see the um, the man, and he, it looked like he was in a, like a brown uniform, like, and uh, he kept looking at me. He'd look right in my eyes, and then he'd look down by my bed on the floor. And I thought, what is down there? What is he looking at? So I leaned over and looked down, and there was this girl sitting on the floor, huddled real close to, to my bed, and she was afraid. She was really afraid. She was, like she was shaking, and uh, her expression, you could tell she was really afraid of him. And then uh, all of a sudden they disappeared, both of them at the same time. I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Euphemet, a show about the unknown and our relationship to it. On this edition, the story of a family, both blessed and cursed, with phantom visitors in the night, of shadows that come alive. We ask the question, can the paranormal be inherited? I'm with my friend Dave. We're in North Spokane, uh, near the Little Spokane River, and uh, it's a beautiful area with flowing water and, yeah, a lot of nature. In another part of town, my base camp is the spare bedroom of his family's mid-century rancher. They're generously hosting me while I probe into their unintentionally fascinating family ritual. More on that in a minute. Dave and I are deep in a philosophical exchange, This is never a challenge, getting deep with Dave. Since I met him around seven years ago, we have had this very sort of discussion about every time we meet up, usually centering around the eternal question, what does it all mean? I think that not knowing is the origin of excitement. It is. You know, because if if there were no unknown, there'd be no excitement. Everything would become mundane and already understood. Dave has been fascinated with the unknown since he was a kid. Since his first frightening encounter, he shared frequent trips to metaphysical centers with his mom. They witnessed elderly women bending kitchen utensils with their minds. This whole time, Dave has been trying to wrap his head around his personal supernatural lore. Asking why? Why did they visit me? What was your phrase? Because we were talking about how folks were... Lineage. If things are passed down. You know, as far as states of well-being or perceptual awareness, beyond the boundary of normal awareness. And I don't know. I mean, could be. And and, and if it is, what is it? I, I tend to think it's not necessarily like physical, genetic expression at the gene level, although it might be able to be seen there. I don't think that's necessarily the cause. That would just be evidence of the effect. I don't know. That's part of the mystery. Maybe. Yeah. 
Next, we explore what all have we inherited after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My first experience with something supernatural was when I was in elementary school. And it would have to do with laying in bed at night, you know, becoming conscious, opening my eyes, and seeing what looked like red and green glitter in the air. And it was like it was being blown around on wind currents. And being curious about what that was, intrigued by it, not afraid. And then at, at some point, and I don't know when this really started, but, or if it was always there and I just didn't look, but at some point along the way, I looked down at the foot of my bed and there's like three heads down there. You know, when I think back on it, they didn't seem like they were in any way negative or unfriendly. In fact, they seem more like, uh, you know, what you might call an enlightened being or, you know, a master, a light worker. I don't know what or who they were. I remember being aware that they were communicating amongst themselves, but not necessarily to me. And I don't remember having any conscious awareness of what they were saying. But at that age, um, they did scare me. And I didn't stay in my room very long once I realized they were there. And at some point I get up and, you know, run in and crawl in bed with my mom. I wish I would have had somebody sleeping with me that night that they were all marching through my room, uh, you know, a whole line of them. My mom starts telling me that she has, since she was a small child, she would wake up in the night and she would see people in her room. Well, at first I was a little, um, uh, not really afraid but wondering what they wanted and why are they here, you know. I can remember feeling that way. Uh, I just woke up in the night and uh, uh, started looking around the room because I'm used to seeing things. And uh, these people were uh, in a row 
and they were, there was quite a few of them, like 15 maybe or so, and they were all walking across my uh, bedroom, and uh, it was, uh, reminded me of people getting off of a bus or a train or something, and I didn't get up and follow them that time, but there was other couples that were walking through when I would get up and try to follow them because I wanted to see where they were going, what they were going to do in my house. But they disappeared after they went through my bedroom door. And where did they come from? How come? How come I'm the only one that can see them? You know? And then at some point, I made this conscious effort to ask them to leave. Uh, they were scaring me. And I never experienced it again. And in many ways, I really regret having done that. You know, because if I'd been older and less prone to being fearful in a situation like that, I would have tried to have probably made contact, have some type of dialogue. But uh, that didn't happen. When I was young, I, it was just preschool and first grade, mainly. And I remember being outside and liking to be by myself. I'd walk around the fences because they had cattle and uh, cows and horses, mules. And I would be talking all the time. And my mother would wonder, why is she talking? Who is she talking to? There's nobody there. She's got to be talking to herself. But I was talking to my invisible friends that I could tell. I could see them, but they couldn't. They didn't know anyone else was there. And my mom would say, Betty can talk to a fence post and make it answer. Because I was out by the fence out there. Yeah. Oh, the two, two little girls. They were probably preschool or first grade, and they were sitting there side by side, and the cat was up ahead of them, close to the head of the bed. And they were watching the kitty and laughing and reaching out to the kitty. And, and I raised my hand up to, to, to say hi, and one of them reached her hand out and touched the tips of my fingers. It made me happy because I then it also verified the fact that they were seeing me. They were seeing me, and they knew I was there. I like that. Yeah, they're people. They're they're body. I mean, you see them. You don't just see through them or anything. They're there. Uh, when I was real upset. My grandmother, my great-grandma, Ruthie Jane, she would come to me. Several times she came to me. And then I asked my dad, I said, Dad, I am seeing uh, great-grandma. And so he just told me that she was there to comfort me because that was the way she was. She was a very sweet lady, and she would have come if she could. Do you think this stuff is passed down? 
I think it must be. I do. I think it must be. I I would bet, bet that my great grandma knew about it and knew how to do it because she knew how to get to me to, you know, to try to help. Yeah, so I think it probably is. Hi, I am Lizzie, and I am Dave's daughter, and I see strange things too sometimes. Oh, well, one time there was a really scary thing hanging over the edge of my bed, and I was really freaked out, and I, and my sister and I had a bunk bed. My sis, or sister is closest in age to me, and I was really freaked out, so I climbed down onto the bottom bunk where she was and woke her up and told her that there was something there because she knew that there I have problems with weird things. And I told her it was really scaring me. And she said, yeah, I know, I can feel it. And I said, you can feel it? Well, I can see it. Where is it? And she pointed right at it as the creepiest thing of my entire life that she pointed. She knew right where it was. She's like, yeah, it's right there. As a little kid, they would I wouldn't get up out of bed at night when it was dark because I knew there was something there and I could see like shadows and I just no, I would just hide in my bed until it was light out. I feel like they're always there, but they only come through to where I can see them sometimes. And it's typically at night, not always. Um Usually they seem more like shadows, and very rarely do they have a face. There was one particular one that would come and it would tell me that I, I had to do something, but it was never so specific about what, otherwise it would hurt me and my family. And it didn't like speak, but you could like feel it like in your lower spine, and like it was words going to your head. I'm not sure a good way to describe it because it's so weird, but it's definitely really creepy. Yeah, that's scary. Not that. Not to be creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be scary. Mm -hmm. At least I get to see the people. You know what they're wearing and mm -hmm. and a little bit of their facial features and stuff I can see. I wish that some of Grandma's friendly ones would visit me instead. <laughs> I didn't know. I like. I didn't know that any of my family had ever had anything like this. I never told my parents about it because I didn't think that they would believe me, and I wasn't sure. I guess it must be normal, or somehow I got it from them, or I don't know. That'd be awful to be scared of those things. That, that wouldn't be nice at all. I've never experienced anything like you or Grandma see. Not really. Not at all. Her mother and I didn't have the best relationship toward the end of our experience together. And when we would argue, and there would be like enough negative energy, if you will, in the air. She would start to feel 
an odd tingling sensation in her abdomen. And the next thing she knew, she would be floating around the ceiling. She'd like pop out of her body. You didn't tell me during the time really that was happening. You didn't tell me until after. Creeped out and I didn't know if I should tell people these things or not. Really? Yeah, I wasn't, I, I never really told anyone about it, so I wasn't sure. I can see that with the society as a whole, but after all the stuff we've talked about, it's really well, I, not. I didn't really know much about that then when I was younger. Maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't want to take you into a realm of thinking or like a state of consciousness that you'd then take back to your mom's and cause all kinds of chaos. With. She might say you couldn't come right? see it. Well, I wasn't so much worried about that as I just didn't want to have you make things in a, uh, hard for yourself without realizing you were going to do that because you just something came out of your mouth. You heard it, your dad's, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I tried to, I tried to set a boundary. I think there are a lot more people, families out there that experience this stuff than is commonly known. I think most people don't speak of it uh, for obvious reasons. You know, it's just not well received in, in many areas of our society. You know, that said, I do believe uh, birds of a feather flock together. I believe that we live many lives uh, around the same souls that we've been with before in different relational con- re- relationship contexts, but together with those same beings. But, you know, so does that have anything to do with it? You know, do you have a higher degree of those types of experiences around groups of souls who have cultivated that stuff over time, over many lifetimes? I don't know. I don't know. Or is it just normal and people don't talk of it, right? That's uh, hard to say. What did I tell her? Yeah, what did you tell her? I don't remember. What would you tell her now about that? <laughs> what? <did you> tell <laughs> her now. He's gonna, he's gonna get you. He can't answer. That they could be anything or nothing. They're definitely something. They're yeah, definitely I don't, there. I don't disbelieve that. I mean, I, not at all. I don't disbelieve that. I just think in the realm of what's possible, they could, could be, be anything, anything or nothing. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to say. She sees like shadow people. Yeah. That's for the most part. Yeah. As you know, is that is that because that's what they are, or is it because her perceptual awareness can only perceive them as such? Either that, or those beings can't show themselves completely for some reason. Some like, of them are definitely not friendly. Like they only come partway into this reality. Yeah. And so they look like that. They might. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Keep their identity. We'd have to take one of them out to coffee to find out, probably. <laughs> and so, thus far, it doesn't seem like that's something that's an option. Maybe we could create a conference where some of yours common. <laughs> the dark, the dark, and the light. Yeah. She can keep the old dark. I don't want them. I like my nice folks. <laughs>
I'm back at the creek with Dave, trying to make sense of how unique each family member's experience with the anomalous really is. Again, left with more big questions. What does it all mean? Is it that we had sensory experience outside the normal physical realm and each of us had a very different experience? Or is it that we had a similar experience outside the normal perceptual realm with very differing perceptual interpretation? Well, I, I don't know. I, would, I feel that in order to know the answer to that, I would have had to have had an opportunity to have Lizzie's experience or my mother's experience. And outside that opportunity, how would I ever know, right? If that sort of thing is passed down lineage-wise, I think I'm more inclined to think that it's patterns of thought and vibration being exposed from generation to generation down the line by the people that are around and that those patterns of thought and vibration then become evident through perception, through maybe through analyzing gene expression, through the manifestation of undesired health states, which also show up in gene expression. But the origin is pattern of thought and vibration handed down over generations. So then you say, is it generational? Well, yeah in some way. Thank you for listening to this edition of Euphemet. Now, it's time for you to be a part of the show. Help us create our next episode by completing our survey at euphemet.com and join the Society of Euphemet group on Facebook to keep connected, to keep searching together. Also, make sure to follow us at Euphemet on social media. This has been Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. Until next time keep looking up.